Welcome back to our podcast, The Family Doctor, Lessons Learned, Wisdom Shared. We hope you and your family have had a peaceful and enjoyable holiday season, free of illness, a chance to recharge, and enter 2024 with renewed passion and new goals. Two of our previous episodes have been what we call mini-lessons, in which we focused on a particular topic rather than the life and career of a family physician. The first was devoted to the notion of touch in clinical medicine, and the second to the art of the referral. This episode is devoted to pearls. We hope you enjoy it. What do you think of when you hear the word pearl? To most people, a pearl is a small, shiny, round, white stone, a byproduct of the mollusk family, usually the oyster, formed as a reaction to not a grain of sand as commonly assumed, but to a food particle or a parasite which has made its way into the oyster and then is recognized as foreign, resulting in the secretion of substances which form layers of concentric crystalline calcium carbonate around that inciting foreigner. The more round and smooth and glistening, the greater the value and the more coveted. Pearls are synonymous with beauty and with perfection. When we as physicians hear the word pearl, we think of those little tidbits of clinical knowledge gleaned from our attendings and training or from our own experience in practice. Sometimes our pearls are the result of an era, a lesson learned the hard way. When Dr. Beatty and I were in training, we recorded those pearls in little notebooks we carried in the pockets of our white coats and what we called our peripheral brain. There are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of such commonly cited pearls. In this episode, I'll share 10 of those which I have acquired in my own career and from some special colleagues. Keep in mind, these may not all be supported by a randomized controlled trial or necessarily found in your favorite subscription-based online textbook. Each pearl is rather simple, and likely none of these will come as a surprise or represent something you did not know. And of course, we are not intending to provide any medical advice for any particular patient in this podcast. Now, here's some pearls for your consideration. The first pearl is this. If a patient complains of pain, look at where the patient says it hurts and actually touch the area. This can be both diagnostic and therapeutic. It validates the patient. It can also help you make the correct diagnosis. I'm reminded of the patient who came to see me with low back pain when I first opened my practice over 35 years ago. She had seen another doctor that morning and was given a muscle relaxer, which was not helping. I asked her to stand. I then looked at her lower back and I saw the problem, a large, red, hot, tender, fluctuant, polynidal abscess. If the patient says it hurts, look at it directly, touch it, feel it, even when it seems unnecessary. Pearl number one. Pearl number two is provided by Dr. Maureen Murphy, 
renowned educator and mentor for so many from Concord. And that pearl is to remember the anatomy and examine the patient thoroughly and properly. For instance, if a child presents to your office with a limp or leg pain, always look at the entire extremity, the hip, thigh, knee, calf, ankle, and foot for the cause. Look upstream from the pain and downstream. And when the area of concern or injury is part of a pair, such as a leg, an arm, an ear, eye, or breast, always look at the other side too. Yes, it provides a comparison, but it could also reveal an unsuspected problem. One additional reminder, always start with the painless side first. Doing so might be confusing for the patient. So you should explain you really did hear them. You really did listen to them. But doing so instills trust, particularly for that child with a painful ear or knee, and it shows that you are being thorough and sensitive. And lastly, always listen to the heart and lungs directly through the skin, not through layers of clothing. To quote Dr. Murphy, sweaters are notorious for imitating rows. So pearl number two is this. Examine your patient directly, thoroughly, and carefully, and with sensitivity, above the area of concern, below the area, and both sides of the body. Thank you, Dr. Murphy, for sharing your pearls. Pearl number three also relates to the physical examination and is one I learned from a dermatologist many years ago who told me to always look at the skin between the shoulder blades and the tops of the feet. These are areas prone to previous sunburn, and they're areas not always paid attention to by the patient or their significant other. Related to this, always look at the toenails as well. If covered with polish, remind the patient to periodically look under their nails without polish, or leave the polish off for their next office visit. Remember that subungal hematoma and a marathon runner may not be innocent after all. Guess how the artist Bob Marley legendarily died? As the result of an acral lentiginous melanoma under a toenail, which was not diagnosed early and became metastatic and fatal. Dr. Lee Beatty and I credit Pearl Number Four to our mentor, the late Dr. David Citron, our residency program director at Charlotte Memorial Hospital. He was a very wise clinician, the ultimate clinician, the best clinician we ever witnessed. Dr. Citron told us on more than one occasion to consider abdominal pain in the elderly patient as risky as chest pain. That abdominal pain in an 80-year-old might have a benign cause, but it has a greater chance of representing something very serious, even life-threatening, compared to someone younger, such as ischemic colitis, a dissecting aneurysm, or a bowel obstruction from a serious cause, such as a malignancy. Elderly patient, abdominal pain, red flags should go up. Treat it with the attention you would chest pain in a 50-year-old. Thank you, Dr. David Citron, 
You were indeed our role model and hero. Pearl number five comes from Dr. Tommy Newton, one of our previous guests on the podcast, now retired but still very active over in Clinton, North Carolina, who in turn credits this pearl to our mutual friend and superb colleague, Dr. Ward Woodard, a retired medical oncologist from Charlotte. Here's the pearl. When you encounter an unexpected significant anemia in an otherwise asymptomatic adult patient, particularly one you haven't seen in a while, that patient has an occult adenocarcinoma of the right colon until proven otherwise. Unlike the left colon, where malignancies more commonly manifest as constipation or overt bleeding, those right-sided colon cancers typically present with unexplained anemia, possibly weight loss. The MCV will usually be low, and iron studies will reveal deficiency. So don't simply start the patient on iron therapy. Look for the cause. Pearl number five, adult unexplained anemia, think occult GI malignancy first, not iron supplementation. Thank you, Dr. Newton and Dr. Woodard, for that valuable reminder. Pearl number six is also from Dr. Tommy Newton, who provides a very simple but very astute reminder that what we call the liver enzymes on the chemistry profile are not actually liver enzymes. Obviously, we tend to do this to simplify things for our patients and perhaps ourselves. But aberrations in the transaminases, ALT, and AST, alkaline phosphatase, and bilirubin can be the result of an issue going on elsewhere, bone, muscle, red blood cells, just to name a few. Even if from the liver, the rise in transaminase activity may not represent actual liver injury or damage. If mild, it might be a benign medication effect, like that from a statin or it may represent a serious drug toxicity. And of course, these so-called liver enzymes and even the GGT may be normal and may falsely reassure us when the patient is actually not well. Think fatty liver or MAFLD or hepatitis C. So pearl number six, those so-called liver enzymes are not exclusively liver enzymes. They're not highly specific, nor are they highly sensitive for some conditions. Thank you, Dr. Tommy Newton. Pearl number seven comes from a general surgeon who happens to be my son, Daniel. Daniel is now a general surgeon in Mooresville, and I thought it would be interesting to hear what he thought was a valuable pearl he may have learned in residency or in his first year of practice. His response was interesting. Interesting enough that I thought I would share it. And here it is. Pearl number seven. Most any bleeding will stop with direct pressure, even with one finger. This can be helpful to patients with lacerations or nosebleeds who are calling you on the phone. So this might be worth sharing in your practice newsletter or on your website. It's a patient education tip, but it's also a lesson to remember in the office. Sometimes we're in the midst of a laceration repair and the bleeding just does not seem to stop. 
Or we might be reluctant to perform a biopsy or excision for that patient, particularly if they're on an anticoagulant. So we feel compelled to refer the patient, and sometimes for good reason, but sometimes unnecessarily. As my son reminded me, Dad, I have the same tools in my office as you do, namely my fingers and some galls. Thank you, Dr. White, for this pearl. Maybe your education is indeed paying off. I'd love to hear your pearls in 10 years. Pearl number eight comes from Dr. Shannon Dowler, outgoing chief medical officer for Medicaid of North Carolina and a long-term leader in the NCAFP. And this pearl is not about an STD. In Dr. Dowler's own words, trust mamas. If a mama comes in and says there's something really, really wrong with their kid, even if they look good to you, mama is usually right. How many times in my career, in Dr. Beatty's career, has remembering that served us well? And on a related note, Dr. Maureen Murphy adds this. If a pregnant lady tells you she has a concern about her baby or herself, always listen and preferably see her in person to examine her. She knows more about this than you do, and ignoring her concerns can lead to catastrophic outcomes. Remember, this is about two patients, the pregnant mother and her baby. It's worth the time and effort. Thank you, Doctors Dowler and Murphy. Pearl number nine comes from Dr. Shauna Guthrie, outgoing president of the NCAFP from Henderson, North Carolina. And it's along these same lines of always keeping your guard up, to always be curious and suspicious. Dr. Guthrie's pearl goes like this. If something seems off, it probably is. Trust your intuition and don't just push on through. It's so easy to do that in today's fast-paced healthcare environment with the demands of productivity, patients with multiple complex problems, not to mention the patient waiting in the next exam room with their satisfaction survey in their hand. Pay close attention to everything. Look at their recorded vital signs. Take them again if something does not make sense. Take the time to look, to ask, to explore. Dr. Guthrie provides an excellent example. She had a patient with an elevated TSH, and the patient insisted they were taking their thyroid medicine every morning. On further questioning, the patient described how she was crushing her thyroid tablet between two spoons and then swallowing the crushed tablet with a glass of water. The patient was indeed taking her medication, but maybe not effectively. Again, pearl number nine, when something does not make sense, dig deeper, be a sleuth. Thank you, Dr. Guthrie, for sharing and for your excellent service and leadership as president of the NCAFP in 2023. Our final pearl comes from Dr. Chip Watkins, another family physician leader and educator here in North Carolina, whom we had on the podcast earlier last year, who reminds us to listen to the patient. Dr. Watkins quotes Sir William Osler, listen to your patient. He is telling you 
the diagnosis. Dr. Watkins goes on to encourage us to actively listen to our patients, to use what he terms compassionate curiosity, to use open-ended questions, to use reflective listening, telling the patient back what you think they have told you. Again, as implied by Dr. Guthrie's pearl, to dig deeper and be a sleuth. This level of listening takes time and is not always easy with the clock ticking. I would add to do this and do it well, we need to remember and practice the basics. Enter the exam room, greet the patient, introduce ourselves if necessary, then simply sit down and listen. Some people say for at least two minutes, maybe longer, with no computer or laptop or tablet between us and the patient. Pearl number 10, truly listen to the patient, listen well. Patients know themselves better than we do and likely their own diagnosis. Thank you, Dr. Watkins, for your wisdom. And thank you all for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We would love to hear your favorite pearls. Please send them to the Family Doctor Podcast at gmail.com or to me at trwhitemd at mac.com. We plan to do another episode on pearls in 2024. There's so many to share. We'd be honored to share yours here on the podcast. I'm going to end with three quotes. Jackie Kennedy, former first lady, fashion icon, writer, editor, photographer, historical preservationist, said this, quote, pearls are always appropriate, end quote. In our journey to be better clinicians, we agree. Pearls can be valuable reminders and are important to share with one another. The second quote is from the French actor, Etienne de Croix. He once remarked, quote, one pearl is better than a whole necklace of potatoes, end quote. Indeed, clinical pearls can be priceless. Real pearls are not internet rumors. Real pearls are not politicized potatoes. Real pearls are tried and true. They're based on science and real experience. And lastly, the modern-day artist Margot Dots said this, quote, Each pearl is a jewel of wisdom, wrestled from struggle and strung in sequence to create infinite insight and compassion for the mermaid who wears them. The older the mermaid, the more the pearls. We hope you string these pearls together and store them in your brain and in your heart and gather more and more as you gain experience and wisdom to the benefit of your patients. Thank you for listening. Next month, we will interview a North Carolina family physician and hear their stories, their lessons, and we will benefit from their wisdom. Until then... Take good care of yourself and those you love.